Well, Ricky, you were, you know, you've been one of my go-to draft guys for years. So once the Blazers got the third pick in the lottery a few weeks ago, and you and I were actually in Chicago together, uh, you were you were one of the first people I thought about wanting to get on to talk through the different options that they were going to have. So I'm glad you were able to do this with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I always enjoy talking hoops with you. And as a subscriber to the Substack, I think your coverage has just been phenomenal. So anyone who's listening to me on this podcast, you know, subscribe, give a paid subscription to Hiking at the Rose Garden Report. It's uh, it's awesome independent NBA coverage, and we love to see it. I appreciate you saying that. I did, I did not tell you to say that before you came on, FYI. But, uh... So let's so let's start here, I guess. We'll start we'll start at the top. We'll start with the number three pick, which is you know it's it, basically as soon as they got that pick, I think the assumption around the league has been you know they're going to trade the pick. They're you know they're going to uh, you know do use it to get some more veteran help. You know Dame kind of telegraphed that at his exit interview. I don't know if that's necessarily a lock at this point though that they do that like. You, you keep start. You're starting to hear. They haven't really fully started. You know, they they brought the only two uh, lottery level prospects that they've actually brought in for workouts so far as of right now. We're recording this on Wednesday, the thirty first in the evening. So, the only ones they've brought in so far, most of the guys they brought in have been kind of projected late first to second round guys that we'll talk about later. But they brought in the twins, uh, Amen and Osar Thompson, uh, yesterday. They haven't brought in Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller yet. But it's just, it's so fascinating, like, all the different ways that the second, like, take take Wemby off the board, because that's obviously, that's the only thing that's 100% locked in with the with this draft. But it's going to be so fascinating, like, what Portland does and what Charlotte does at two, and how that's uh, going to end up playing itself out, and what, you know, what all the different permutations of that could be. How do you, what's your read on that stuff right now, and kind of how you see a lot of that playing out? Yeah, and we were talking at the Combine about this, and I don't want to say we were arguing, but I think we were somewhat disagreeing, uh, because obviously, like, you have your reporting and your sources and everything you've heard around the organization, going to games, showing up to everything, and I was right. just like, I just don't think they're going to trade it, because... I don't think the Blazers are one move away from realistic contention. Now, you know, there there could be other moves paired with it, of course. Uh, but if you're talking about, like, potentially trading the third pick in the draft for Mikhail Bridges or for Jalen Brown, and, you know, I, I don't doubt that Portland could potentially be very interested in those packages and uh, you know, maybe it's just on the Celtics and it's on the Nets to say no. I think it's I think it's one of those two. Yeah, I think those I think those would be the two that they would would move the pick. For. But when I think about it, it's like okay, even if they did move the pick for one of those guys, yeah, like they would need a starting caliber center. I think now, obviously, I don't watch as much Blazers as you, but uh, when I you know just like watching the playoffs and watching high level hoops, like you basically need a star shot creator, a star big man, and then a bunch of really good three and D style role players. Ideally, some of those guys having some creation potential too, so that Dame doesn't have to do all the work himself. But like, uh-huh. you know, if you were to somehow tell me that like, all right, they're going to get Mikhail Bridges, Dame, and bam, let's say MB goes <laughs> to Miami and somehow the Blazers swing a trade for bam. Then I would say, okay, 
I don't see that, that happening. That team would but. be good enough to compete for a championship. <laughs> and of course, in this era of the NBA, it's even hard to have like three max level guys. I know Bridges isn't right. necessarily on a max. Or he might not even be close to one. But per- No, he's making like 20 a year for the next three years. He's on a crazy cheap deal. Really I good, think that's a really good. I think that's part of why I think he's plan A over Jalen Brown, yeah. even though Jalen's probably the better player, just because the money is so much more favorable though i think i think those are the two guys though J- uh mikhail and, and Jalen. that would be the two that they would move the pick for at this yeah. point and other, other than that I, i'm starting the more because my reaction the night of and like days afterwards was kind of the same as everybody else's which was oh they're gonna move the pick and again i don't know if that's necessarily a lock if they can't get one of those two guys now so let's start let's start here like the rumor right now and Anything, obviously, that comes out this far before the draft, we're three weeks out now, but what I heard, you know, in Chicago, what I'm sure you heard, what it still seems like is what's out there right now, and again, this could be posturing, this could be a smokescreen, but it sure seems like Charlotte really likes Brandon Miller, too. That seems like that's kind of what the conventional wisdom is. And if that were to happen, and we'll, we'll talk about Brandon Miller later because there's obviously a chance he could be in play at three. But if that happens, I'm really interested to see what Portland does because if they keep the pick and they draft Scoot, obviously, like, you can't... I, I feel like if Scoot's there, you can't not take him because he's by far the most talented guy left on the board at that point. But, you know, then you're putting him... And let's, let's, let's assume they're going to move Simons at some point because I think that kind of has to happen at this point with where the roster is and the direction and all that. But at that point, you're just, you know, and I mean, you're, you've watched more Scoot Henderson than I have, but is there any reason why him and Dame together would be more successful and less of a weird fit than the Dame CJ thing or the Dame Simons thing? Like, like, like sell me on those two being able to play together. Well, I think that, you know, Damian Lillard turns 33 this offseason, mm-hmm. yeah. and Scoot Henderson's 19. So yeah. they're not going to be on the same timeline. You do not take Scoot Henderson because of his fit with Damian Lillard. You take Scoot mm-hmm. Henderson because he can potentially be the centerpiece of the next great Blazers team without Damian Lillard. And to me, I fully agree with you that you can't pass on Scoot Henderson at two. Obviously, there's positional overlap with Lillard. I think that you know if they did keep Dame that him and Scoot together would be a pretty interesting combo. Dame is such a dynamic shooter that he can play so well without the ball. Obviously, you think of him as being a ball-dominant superstar because, you know, at times he is. But, uh, like, he has, like, real movement shooting ability, knockdown spot-up shooting ability, where he could Uh potentially scale pretty nicely next to Henderson offensively. I'd be more worried about defensively. That's what I was going to bring up. The thing is, Scoot, I think, does have good defensive tools. He's kind of short, but I don't know if you saw him walking around the combine hiking. He was there. Big dude. He was in, like, dress shoes. He he was dressed. He's he's a really stylish individual. He was wearing, like, really fancy clothes with a bunch of buckles on it. And I'm like, so is maybe maybe he and Jer- maybe Jeremy can mentor him in, in that way. Yeah, sure. I guess that 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 could be another you know uh, appeal. But yeah, no, he's I I I know what you're saying. He's built like a linebacker. He's a he's built like a he's a a brick s house. Hiken. I mean, he is jacked <laughs> as hell. He has a huge chest, and he has a six okay. nine wingspan. Even though he's only six foot two, 
So you would think like his tools should be there defensively. I think his technique needs a lot of work still. And also like, you know, he's always been an offensive superstar. Like he's been the guy with the ball in his hands who like his role on the team is to create all the offense while holding the basketball. So like defense has not really been a super strong area of focus for him in the past. I would say that, you know, if he were to play on a team with Damian Lillard next year, that like maybe they could coach him up on defense and maybe that would actually be the best possible thing for his future. That when he is leading the Blazers uh, in a post Lillard era, that perhaps, you know, you're talking about a guy who, you know, I think he's going to be an all-star caliber NBA point guard. Uh, You know, I'll say like De'Aaron Fox is a pretty safe comparison for him. Okay. Not like, they're not exactly the same. And, you know, the best version of De'Aaron Fox, not a better player than the best version of Dame. Uh, but the best version of De'Aaron Fox also took several years to took get several to years. Also, we where it is the best version of De'Aaron Fox yet. What is maybe the, well, the best the best version of De'Aaron Fox that we've seen so far? Because he was he was so bad his rookie year that he was nominated for most improved player his second year, which second year guys never get nominated for. Yeah. So, and I think I think I think the idea if you're gonna if you're gonna take him and not trade Dame, which I again, I don't think they would do that unless Dame asked for it, which you know, as we've covered here extensively, that as of right now is not something that I've heard is 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 happening. But if they were doing that, you would hope that it wouldn't be like, you know, we draft this guy and he's going to be a franchise point guard someday, but he's not going to be ready, you know, to play right away. How 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 ready to play high level minutes for a team? Let's let's forget about contending for a title because yeah. I think you and I agree that Portland isn't really close to that, but. For a team that's trying to make the playoffs, how ready do you think Scoot is to play high-level minutes and potentially start right Yeah, I think he's ready to play a lot of minutes and ready to be in big-time situations. But I'm not super sure he's going to have a winning impact yet just because, like, a lot of rookies, like, the vast, oh, there's usually only, like, a handful of rookies a year that are actually, like... Like, barely any players, do, yeah. You know? So, like, he's super talented. He's going to be awesome, I think. I feel like very confident about my evaluation in him is that like this guy's going to be an all-star caliber point guard. Uh, And I think that, you know, if he was on a team that was more built around his ability, that then maybe he could be a bit more effective, but like he'd almost have to be a role player on a Portland team with Dame. He'd still have the ball a lot. He'd still probably average close to 20 points a game, given how good Portland's offense is seemingly every year with Lillard on the team. Uh, but yeah, like I don't know how much he would move the needle towards winning because he's 19 years old. And like even though he did play 2 years in the G League, uh you know, the thing with the G League, like the benefit of doing that over college is that the focus is on development instead of winning. Right. But I almost wonder like could that potentially work against guys too because like uh like Scoot, you know, people say he didn't really have that great of a year this year. Well, I would say he didn't have that great of a year because, like, you know, he was collecting some bumps and bruises injury-wise. And then, like, there were no stakes to his season. It's not like he was playing for, like, a playoff berth or, like, anything of magnitude. Whereas, you know, Brandon Miller, he's going out there and every game is super high stakes. Like, he has an entire state living and dying on every field goal attempts he takes. Maybe that's a rough... uh frame of reference with brandon miller but, right we'll get to uh, that but. 
But, you know, it, Scoot has never really played a game with stakes. So I think, like, maybe that's why you haven't, uh, you know, you just didn't see him have a great year. Because to me, he was playing for his draft status. And he viewed his draft status as secure, is the number two overall player. Probably from the moment he had the preseason game against Wembenyama, uh, they played two in a row. And he was just absolutely electric in those, especially in that first game. Uh, so... Yeah, I would I would say that he's probably not ready to help the Blazers win a lot more games next year, but I do think he's ready to soak up a lot of minutes and to start to grow into his his talent. Okay, so that that that's kind of where you know again you've watched a lot more of him than I have, but that that's kind of where I've landed too. Just you know, just oh you know in my head and just talking to different people, trying to game out all the different scenarios for how this thing could go and. I just keep coming back to you can't pass on Scoot if he's there at three, just from a talent standpoint. You can't really take him and put him next to Dame. You can't really trade Dame unless he says he wants out, which he hasn't done, because then, you know, I, I, I've, you know, I've been consistent on this. I don't think you can just proactively trade the best player in franchise history, you know, if he doesn't want it, just, you know, because you want to go young, because, you know, Who's to say Scoot Henderson is going to, even if he's as good as you say he's going to be, who's to say he's going to feel the same way about the city of Portland and the franchise that Dame does, and he's not going to want to leave in seven years or whatever. Right. Like, like I, so it's just, it's a lot of different, so it's just, it's just a lot of different factors you have to consider here that I'm, that I'm still kind of trying to feel out what the different, uh, I mean, just, I know that like, this is more about the Hornets than anything else, but obviously what they do impacts what, Portland does how do you think Scoot would fit with LaMelo let's say you know this stuff about them really liking Miller and them leaning towards Miller at two let's say that's not real and that's just them trying to throw people off the scent like how do you think that Scoot and, and LaMelo would be able to play together yeah I want to actually go back to one more Dame thing real quick and then I'll answer that question. sure but like yeah for me like Dame was very open about what Dame wanted after the season. And I know that you have yeah. quotes and they went viral. And uh, I think that like people from who aren't around the organization, like me, maybe don't really grasp the magnitude that Damian Lillard has within the franchise is right. likely the best player in franchise history. And it's also just, that's not even just like about how good he is as a player. It's a lot of the, uh, the low maintenance you know, superstar, the low maintenance, like the off court stuff, the locker room stuff, like, all, you know, there's been so much different stuff in the organization, you know, with the, you know, the, the Neil stuff and, you know, what, whatever else, like other changes in the organization. And Dame is so steady and he treats people so well. And like, he's like, like, like short of Tim Duncan, he's like the best thing you could ever, right? It's like, it's like Tim Duncan and Steph Curry. You put those guys above him because they won titles for however many years, but he's in that level of like, if you really want to trade him and just like on a pure, like, you know, on paper, hey, you know, he's past, you know, he's he's in his mid-30s, we should go young. You could do that if you want, but you're not going to find another Dame for that stuff. And that's why, unless he actually asked for it, like, to me, you just, you can't, you can't, you can't Blake Griffin him. Totally. And I guess my question is, would he ask for it if they drafted Scoot Henderson? Because he said I don't he's know. not interested in playing with guys who are two, three years away, which to me was a direct line to the front office like hey if you could trade shade and sharp trade him hey if you could trade this top five draft pick trade it so that's just kind of my thing i'm like right 
if the, well, they're not going to trade Shaden Sharp. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless like like unless unless like Embiid becomes available, that's the yeah. only way that you're. That's the only way that they're putting Shaden in any, any kind of trade offers, from what I understand. So, but becomes, you know what Dame wants versus what the front office wants. Yeah. And, and publicly, and publicly, what Joe Cronin has said. You know, the same day that Dame did that exit interview. I mean, and I I took that the same way that you did was as you know him sending the message to the front office that he's not really interested in them drafting more young players. And that day, Joe Cronin said that like the time is now to move quickly and surround Dame with you know contention ready. Like I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but that was the message that he sent. And you know the night that they moved up to three in the lottery, he said you know, three is super valuable. We can get some great players that could be great for us or for someone else, depending on how we approach the yeah. draft. Like, and, you know, just logically, you could say that, you know, it, it makes the most sense for them to trade the pick, but it's kind of a weird spot that they're in because the pick is so valuable because of, like, how, you know, if Scoot Henderson is there especially, like, there's not that many guys that it's worth trading the pick for without them getting crushed. I think the two that we've talked about, Mikhail Bridges and Jalen Brown, are the only two where you can really say, and I guess to a lesser extent, Siakam, I think that's kind of a weird fit next to Jeremy Grant, but talent-wise, I think those are the three that you're looking at. Yeah. 